0: There's that poof!
1: We're so happy that you're here joining us today. Uh, My name is Agent P, also known as Pan, and I'm joined by Anwar and Nabil as well. Today, we have a special guest in the building. Donovan Bennett of Sportsnet is joining us today. Donovan's many roles with Sportsnet include being a feature host, producer, and radio host. He has been a member of the Sportsnet team since 2013. Donovan's work often touches on the intersections between sports and race, politics, gender, and pop culture. He has been previously nominated for both a Gemini and Digital Publishing Award. He has made the name for himself by telling stories on multiple platforms. In addition to his role as a writer, Donovan hosts videos for Sportsnet's social media platforms and on radio as a co-host of Free Association, Sportsnet's NBA podcast. He is also a former University of Western Mustang running back and is also a co-host for the CFL's official podcast titled The Waggle Podcast. Welcome to our podcast on
2: it. Thank you I was for like, that he has also to end. <laughs> uh, but thank you for uh for bringing me in. I really really appreciate it. No you know, worries. We- we like to go all out with the bios. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, re- to, I respect it. I respect it.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to give that shout out. So just to start off, Donovan, um, you know, thank you for joining us. But just want to kick off by, um, you know, touching base and saying, like, like, how are you doing, you know, during this time of the pandemic and everything that's going on right now?
2: I'm good, man. To be honest. I feel like off top, when we're asking that question to each other right now, like our answers were grading on a curve so like relative to um, normal times um i i i i things are not necessarily as 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 up as happy as positive, but mm-hmm. considering we're living through a global pandemic, uh certainly a recession uh a race revolution, or at least reckoning we'll see if it's a revolution. we need some people to have an evolution for that to be the case, mm-hmm. but to be determined. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, considering all that. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I can't complain, man. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm healthy. My family is healthy. Um, and, um, you know, as I reach out to people and, and ask the same questions, I kind of say, I hope you are as, as healthy and happy as possible, because mm-hmm. I think there really isn't as possible right now. So for me in my situation, I'm good. I, I recognize that there's lots of people, um, who don't have, um, you know, the, the good fortune that I do
1: hmm. No, no. And I'm happy to hear that you know, as well, that, you know, that you're doing well, um, you know, as much as, you know, under the circumstances, right, that everyone is dealing with as well. So I wanted to uh, also give you a shout out and uh, thank you for your you know amazing and beautifully written article on Sportsnet uh, titled A Movement, Not Just a Moment, Thoughts for My Son on Racism and Sport. Uh, for those that haven't read it, definitely check it out as it is a must read. Uh, Donovan, could you walk us through the process of putting that piece together and the message that you wanted to convey?
2: Yeah, sure. I mean, it's really not that deep. Um, you know, probably about a week, a week and a half before it came out, um I uh I, I got hit up by Paul Sadu, who is uh one of the feature producers at Sportsnet, does a lot of our, our great work and has won a bunch of awards. Um, about the fact that I was going to be doing a video essay for our uh, ending racism uh, special the uh, mm-hmm. town hall that we did. Um, and I was like, cool, this is the first I've ever heard of this special, but yeah, I, <laughs> it, evidently you know more than I do. So I'm down to work on it with you um and it, it went kind of me being a contributor to the special to me co-hosting it with Tracy Moore and um all respect to to her because she's such a legend in our industry and it was great to work with um but Sportsnet was going to have a basically a block in this Rogers Sports and Media special where we're going to do some interviews I interviewed Donovan Bailey and Akima Liu and um you know we're going to get into it with uh, a video essay and as we talked about the video essay we didn't want it to be token and we didn't want it to just be like Here's a, a bunch of things that happened in terms of race and sports in chronological order. Jesse Owens and Jackie Robinson. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like this, this right. would not wouldn't do any of those things justice. And we just we wouldn't be able to to speak to them all in any sort of time frame. And uh do, um, Paul, he had the idea of why don't you write a letter to your son? um that 's what the video essay will be and and we'll kind of use sports to um to kind of touch on these these issues mm-hmm. and I was like, cool, but i mean i I'm, there's have to be things that impacted me because i i wouldn 't just sit down and write a letter to my son mm-hmm. first and foremost right, right uh and 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 it would have to be like in the language that i speak which is which is sports and and kind of coming from it with people that I admire and respect and people that i I feel need to get more admiration and respect. And so that's the way we did it It was totally his idea. And it, it came together beautifully. Um, other than the fact that like, my son is not a trained child actor and was not about it uh, whatsoever. He's like, why are these weird people in my house filming me? Um, and, and so, uh, so that was the the essay. And I had more to write than we really had time to put mm-hmm. in the, in the video essay. And so I kind of just reached out to Evan Rosser, who's in my managing editor on the sports article side and Gary Mello, who manages our, our website um, and said, would you guys be interested in like a print version of this, a written version? Because there's some stuff that I left, like, you know, on the cutting room floor that just didn't fit in the video piece. And they're like, yeah, sure. And we kind of tweaked it a little bit to make sure that it read a bit better. Um, online but that that was just the the genesis of it like literally the header image of that article is a screen grab from the video and mm-hmm. just the, the camera is so dope that it looks like you know it's a it's a well taken photo but um but yeah that that's the way it came to him. it's not something that that um i set out to do or i had this burning you know passion to, to do it was literally us trying to solve a problem in like right. how can we do a video essay in two minutes to 30 seconds. And we ended up fighting for three minutes um, and 30 seconds that talks about race and sport and do it justice. I don't think we can, we could execute this essay. And then I was like, I, I am very, um, you know, West Indian and, and, and very much a minority in the sense that like, I try to get literally every piece of value out of anything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, many people from, with ethnic backgrounds from from places from afar, you know that like you find a way to like eat the whole animal, if you will. And so I was, for this piece, I was like, well, if I've already done it and I've already written it, can this work uh, as an online piece um, as I'm always trying to think multi-platform and it it worked out. And it's funny because some people come to me and they saw the video and other people come to me and they only saw the article. Mm -hmm. Um, But the sentiments um, that people have are the same regardless. And so that, that's something that has been really, really um, touching to see, to be honest.
1: Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, during, within the article itself, like you quote, um, Nelson Mandela, you know, by stating, you know, sport has the power to change the world. Uh, Just want to get your thoughts, you know, as we've seen the recent, you know, release of the NBA schedule as play is set to resume in Orlando um, how do you feel about the restart? Do you feel that it's too soon or premature based on everything that's going on in the world
2: at this time? Yeah, great question. And I think um, this is what happens in movements, right? Whether it's the Me Too movement, um, or the, the LGBT community and the Pride movement, or the original civil rights movement, you have different people who have different opinions on how to get an outcome and how to affect change. And so they may agree on the starting point and the end point, but, but the path to get there, uh, they disagree on, which, which is fine. And, you know, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X did not agree on everything. They didn't agree on, on many things. And philosophically, they, they certainly didn't agree, but we needed them both. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about restarting the NBA, I understand where, uh, Avery Bradley or Dwight Howard or Kyrie Irving are coming from, because, you know, as as I said to to the homies, Tim and Sid, you know, everyone who says stick to sports, the reason is, well, you're my distraction. And at some point, like, I don't, don't really want to be your court jester anymore, right? Like, right. if you don't value my life, um, maybe I, I shouldn't be distracting you. Maybe we all need a little bit more focus on the issues that really, really matter. And in this period, the pandemic has given us a chance to to actually focus for once without sports and without a lot of things that we've taken for granted. Mm -hmm. So, so I totally get that aspect of it and you do need the radical side of things to, to create change. But I do on the flip side, understand if you're Chris Paul or LeBron who say sports super powerful, it's the the platform that I've been giving uh, and I'm going to use that platform to impact uh, people and, and force them to listen to me. And, and, I, and it, so if the NBA comes back and, you know, and these are just um, some things that have been talked about, if they have little vignettes in, in right. commercial breaks where guys are talking about their situations that they've dealt with in terms of racism or they've dealt with in terms of the police, um, you know, that would be impactful. If guys are, are wearing, you know, causes um, on their jerseys, mm-hmm. that would that right. would be impactful. I, I, I said, man, if, if one of the Raptors, Wore something that honored um and brought light to the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls in in our country that would be huge because it's not something that we readily talk about but right. we'd be forced to talk about it and, and we the north would would mean something totally different in that moment so i do understand uh-huh. i do and how uh it could be a a really impactful thing if um if they do use that platform, my real fear in terms of sports coming back is not necessarily the racial pandemic. It's the, the COVID-19 coronavirus right. pandemic right. Mm. with with cases going through the roof. And, you know, day after day after day, um, we're seeing new records in southern and western places in the U.S. Like as sports fans, we love to talk about analytics. Anyone who's looking at the analytics of COVID-19, like COVID-19 is beasting right now. Like yeah, the, the, exactly. COVID's, COVID's P-E-R is at an all-time <laughs> high right now yeah. in, in the United States. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not a replacement player. So that is my concern. And like it, we're adults. We understand it. We all have bills to pay and mouths to feed. And if leaks just kept it at 100 and say, listen, I know – Guess what we we fatigued of waiting and it's not safe, but for the health of our business, we need to come back. Anyone who comes back is taking a calculated risk. We're going to do our very best. We get it. But I think leagues are trying to tell tell us two things, trying to tell us it's really important for sports to come back for you. Oh, but we're only going to do it when it's safe when, when, when really that's, that's neither of those things are are necessarily true. So, So that's my main concern in terms of sports coming back. Um, is, is the actual health and safety of forget about the players, right? Because the, who are those people going into the bubble in Orlando that have to feed right. the players and then go back into their communities? Mm-hmm. What, what How many massage therapists for the Raptors had the COVID-19 before we shut the league down? I guarantee you that the amount is not the same amount of players that has to get it before they shut the league down. And if we were in a philosophy class and we were talking about ethics – we would all agree that morally like one life is right. is valued the same way as another one is Definitely. so just just because lebron james is 35% of the salary cap doesn't mean that we should worry about his health factors more so than the people that are allowing him to do his, his job so that that's mainly my my concern is if if um you know some of the support staff get it Mm-hmm. What's the recourse there? I have a buddy uh his name's Moose. He's the he is the he runs the clubhouse for the Blue Jays. Right. And as much as I want to see the Blue Jays play and I'd love for them to, you know, be back at it, I don't I don't want to see him risking his life or his family's life. And and so if we're using the Blue Jays as an example even though this is a ball podcast, we're left with only bad choices mm-hmm. they play in Dunedin an area that is rampant with COVID-19 and the players and the staff they're at risk okay fine we're not going to do that they're going to come to Toronto and when we're just going to forget that people coming into the country have to quarantine for 14 days and then all of these baseball players who have been in all of these hot spots in the U.S. for the next four months are going to come here to toronto like either way it's not really a good look so that is my greatest concern it, it, lastly because I, I understand that i'm filibustering on this question like i'm a political candidate um the uh when 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 the outbreak started and i'm like the alarmist in my family or my circle of friends like everyone has one on the group chat that's just right, the person right. who's yeah. always the alarmist for everything that's me i'm that guy <laughs> who's sending the links like with the with the emojis with this open wide (laughs) eyes like that's me so i've been tracking it for longer than than people who just started to pay attention when rudy gobert touched a bunch of microphones and so when the march madness tournament was still planning to be to be run Mm -hmm. i was the one looking around being like i'm sorry am i crazy but are we gonna have huge fan bases flying from all across the country going to the hotels and going to arenas and not really cleaning those arenas in between games fan bases leave and come and we're going to do that for like two and a half weeks like there's no way we're doing this right so at that point i was like am i crazy then of course everyone had common sense and everything was shut down right i'm back at that place where i'm thinking i'm sorry am i crazy like are we talking about like NFL having a season yeah. with, where if you're a defender, the express goal is to not socially distance. Like everyone wants to get together and get around the football all of the time. It, are you going to change the sport? Are we going to have no huddles? Are we going to have no, no pylons? If there's a fumble, it's just like, cool. You, you can't jump on someone else to get the ball. All of these things are, are, are issues. How, how do you practice? How do you socially distance practice? You're going to practice the offense for an hour, and then the defense. Well, doesn't the offense need to practice against the defense, and vice versa? All of these things I'm thinking right now. Am I crazy, or is just no one else seeing this? But I, I think at this point, again, uh, a lot of people need to need to be made whole. Um, and that's I, I don't want to sound holier than now That's broadcasters included, right? Like there's people who who, if sports didn't exist, would lose their job. So so right. I don't want to act like I'm not a benefit. But I still am looking at this logically and thinking. This does not seem wise. Maybe you're just going to knock on wood and hope you get through it without an issue. But, man, we're going to have to have some hard conversations, not just as leagues, but as a society mm-hmm. on what we want to do before we have a vaccine. Because maybe you, you, you make it through four months if you're the NBA and you don't have a huge issue. Great. You have like a month in between seasons. What are you going to do for the twenty twenty one season it's right not- so so these are the the theoretical conversations that I think we need to start having unless all of a sudden the virus just goes away, but it's not going to without uh things like different uh procedures or or different legislation. the virus is not just going to be like no mas I quit, I'm good, I'm done right, right. uh we have to actually make sure that's case right. until we have a vaccine for um, sure. I, I'm, I'm sure I didn't answer your question, but, but, but that's what. No, I
1: I think you just, you dove right into it, right, Donovan? Like just the risks. And I think even us talking amongst it as a group together as well, like, Um, When you even see like these, these subtle percentages rising as well and those that are in the bubble right now and just even the risk that's attached to like this virus is like rampant in like Florida and like the Raptors are, you know, going to training camp and like, you know, it's almost like they were like initially like sent over there and it's like you just just the risk that's rampant. Um, like is is it really necessary to have this season at this time as well? So that's even us discussing it as a ball podcast, and just even as general public, just wondering, even piggybacking off what you said. So,
2: yeah, I mean, I, I love LeBron. I, I want to see him go for a triple double, but it's not an essential service. No, I know, yeah. and and there are sub economies that certainly. Uh, a thrive and need sports for the health of their business. But if the entire league is in a bubble in quarantine in one place, the league coming back doesn't help those sub economies, doesn't help uh, the restaurants around S- Scotiabank when the game is empty. I mean, maybe a couple more people might go to a bar mm-hmm. and watch it, but even still, those people have to be sitting on a patio. So I don't really think. It's going to have a huge impact. Maybe let's say you can make an argument that if Toronto is a hub city, having people come here impacts the, the economy. Uh, Maybe I, I, I I tend to disagree. I I, I don't think that at the end of the day, the, the four seasons or the Western Harbor castle is, is their profit margins when you look at it over a year, five year, 10 year span it is going to be changed that much because Toronto was a hub city for a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and all of those businesses have to reimagine what the future of their business is anyways. So um, I don't know if it's worth the risk, but at the end of the day, I'm only one man. Right.
1: I think, um, you know, <laughs> even this next question, I know we had, we had listed it down, but like even hearing your thoughts on, you know, the, that it is a risk as well. Like I know, I guess maybe as the weeks get closer and closer to this NBA restart, I guess even like the narrative and the topics that are being discussed in within sports media are going to shift to like, okay, um, the Raptors, um, being able to defend their championship or like, you know, how do you like the Raptors chances? Um, so I guess even for me, like even asking this next question is like, (laughs) you know, it's (laughs) almost like, you know, we're dealing with this, um, key issue, but it's like, you know, if, if sports do restart, um, you know, is it something where like, okay, how do you like the Raptors chances, right? As the NBA season resumes, like, have you had a chance to even digest something like that, Donovan, like even think through like what um, that might look like if the NBA resumes if for the Raptors chances?
2: Yeah, it's a fair question. And I do think people can, um, you know, watch documentaries and watch comedies, like people can have more than one thought you can really really want the raptors to do well Mm -hmm. even if you're not sure if basketball should be played at all and so i don't think people should be shamed for wanting to have basketball conversations it's just the same way if people can't really focus on basketball right now i totally get that as well in terms of the raptors i in a weird way i'm more bullish about the raptors chances (laughs) going far making noise winning a championship however you want to uh call success I'm more bullish about it now than I was in March, whenever the season was over for a couple of reasons. One, like this whole thing is going to be a glorified AAU tournament. And I do think that the Raptors, like let's just look at how they're built from a culture standpoint. No egos, uh, no, your role changes all of the time cool get get with it they're almost like a collegiate team like a college team like they're pretty tight knit they're very easy going like the biggest story about them was surge and og fighting about <laughs> who put who on scarves <laughs> right like they're just kind of like they they're just kind of like a a group of dudes who love to to represent and, and put on for each other and nick nurse he can legitimately say okay i'm going to try something it might be crazy but let's do this and they'll all ride with it boxing one in the finals. Okay. Sure. Pull, pull, uh, picking up full court press and NBA games. Like when have we seen that since Patino, but they're like, yeah, okay, sure. We can do this. Uh, Chris Boucher, I don't know where you're going to play some big minutes. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm ready. And yeah. so the, and there's no animosity. O'Shea Brissett, I don't know where you're going to play some big minutes. Okay, cool. And so I do think that in this situation, where everything is going to be an adjustment and, and it's going to be more of a mental exercise than even a physical one. Mm-hmm. I think they're in a great place because from the organization, from top to bottom, they're, they're already always thinking di- differently. They're already thinking, okay, well, we have a diverse group, diverse minds. Let's not do things the way everyone else does them. In fact, coming out of Canada, we, we know some things work against us. We have to think differently. To be better than other people anyways, because Correct. if we think the exact same way, we're we're not going to get as good results as everyone else because we don't have the, the built in advantages. So I do think this is um, this is a great actually opportunity for them as an organization, as in a culture to uh to flex their muscles. The other piece is I mean let's be honest, some of it is physical, and yeah. it's health. So you're going to be asked to play back to backs for sure. You're going to be asked to play at some weird times. You're going to have some two o'clock and midday starts. right? And you're, you're, you're going to be asked to, to be a professional and take care of your body for the last couple of months when no one was watching and make sure you, you do your, your due diligence, not just in terms of your physical body on the court, but also be smart in terms of not contacting the virus and putting yourself and your teammates in jeopardy. And, and if we were betting on one medical group like, are we not drafting Alex McKechnie in the Raptors first? hundred <laughs> exactly. percent we are. Definitely. hundred percent we are. Yeah. So, so when, when we're putting a real focus on everything health and medical, okay, thank you. I'll take the Raptors in that standpoint. And then look at the Raptors throughout this year. No team uh, lost more win sh- shares due to injury than the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. Now they rode through it because of that depth and because of that flexibility. But now all those guys who were hurt had time to heal Norm Powell in his 800 injuries had time right. to heal yeah. Marcus Saul who had a hamstring that was about to fall off not only it, it, it was it okay he went and he got skinny yeah. over the break <laughs> uh Kyle Lowry we know what's the question with Kyle every year is what is his body gonna be like at mm-hmm. the end of the season how much does he have left in the tank the wrist elbow what's the issue gonna be this year now he's had time uh, to rest but more importantly one of my fears was that Nick nurse was actually running him too hard that he was Mm -hmm. in the top five in terms of minutes when he shouldn't have been coming off of a championship. Inga Gasol was high in minutes coming off of playing international basketball. Now those guys had a bit of a a reset that can press control, alt delete. But as veterans knowing that another championship changes their legacy and they're for sure hall of famers if they get one. Now it's just a sprint to the finish and they're, and they're healthy. Mm. Even a guy like Pascal Siakam, who's young has so much energy I had real concerns that his load is so much bigger. You're asking so much more of him. Not only is he playing more minutes, he's playing harder minutes. He's asking you're asking him to be the focal point of the offense, to 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 be a distributor and a scorer all the time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure how that was going to play out in terms of the rest of his season and if he was going to hit a wall. He has had time to rest. So I I honestly think the way this shapes up other than the fact that Adam Silver and company gave them like the hardest schedule they could have thought of. Right. The
0: hardest, the hardest, yeah. Lakers opening day, right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Honestly, honestly, <laughs> other than that, other they're just playing like a murderer's row. Luckily they have three games up on, on Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this shapes up beautifully for, for the Raptors. And even the fact that they're down there early and they can acclimate themselves, they can get ready. They have a training camp before the training camp right, um, right. It, it is, is an unintended consequence, but I think it's a, it's a great one. And so when the rest of the league gets down there and is starting to, to figure out how this thing is going to work, granted, it'll be a different hotel, it'll be a different site. They'll be accustomed to, to where they are. And it won't be uh, it, training in terms of, Dealing with this new reality, it would just be training in terms of okay, let's get ready for this this you know literally A A U type season that we're about to, to endeavor. Uh,
1: in terms of like just the Raptors being able to replicate, you know, last season's success, which culminated in the championship. Uh, who would you say, Donovan, is like maybe the team's biggest X factor in this A A U type? tournament um, that can get them over the hump or get them, you know, close to whether it's, you know, representing, that we're the representatives in the Eastern conference or, you know, just making a deep, deep run.
2: Oof, that's, that's a great question. Um, let me go with OG Ananobi. Nice. Um, good choice. I just think he, he wasn't a factor in that run last year whatsoever. Well. Didn't play in the playoffs. His whole year was up and down um, due to injury and due to personal loss. And then, of course, on the eve of the playoffs, you know, his appendix burst. So when we do the comparison of, yeah, you know, they lost Kawhi. They lost Danny Green. Pascal took a step. And we're doing, like, the math between this year and last year. You have to account that OG, not only did he get better from the player he was last year, that when it counted, he wasn't really a player for them last year. Right, right, right. For sure. And so when you look at the fact that – I mean, let's be honest. Who are they going to have to go through, right, to, to to win a chip, At some point, they're going to have to go through Milwaukee and Giannis. Mm. They're likely going to have to go through at some point Boston and, and Tatum and, and Brown. Mm-hmm. And they're certainly going to have to go through, if not LeBron James, then definitely – Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. No disrespect to Houston or right. Denver, but like, let's just keep it keep it 100. For sure. Well, well, all of those guys that 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 I just described, is there a better person equipped to guard them for a long uh, period than OG Ananobi? Like Pascal Siakam may start games on them, and he may he may get. Uh, uh, a lot of minutes on those guys and in, in the same way Norm Powell can get under them And be pesky right, right. And, and pick them up a little bit early For sure but, but if we were just at a combine And we had Pascal Siakam working out And we had Norm Powell working out And we had OG Ananobi working out and, and we were just evaluating these players And the task given from our president and GM Was you are a director of college scouting Find me a guy to deal with the swingman in the league right now we would come back, we would write a report, and the guy we would say is OG Ananomi. And right. so for all of those reasons, I do think that if the Raptors get where they're hoping uh, to get to, I think OG has to play a big role. And it's not just corner threes. It's not just put back dunks or running the floor. I think he needs to, to have a big role, like making it difficult for people. Okay, mm. yeah. you, 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 you might you, I might not be able to hold you to 20 or 25. You might get 35. But it's going to be on 35 shots. 35 shots. You're, you're, going to, you're going to work for it, and you're going to be dead tired afterwards. And and guess what? We're we're going to be seeing you in in a day or two again. And you're going to have to do that all over again. And so, not only physically are you aware of that, but mentally you you're aware of. I'm going to be checking you. There's going to be no facial expression on my face whatsoever. No matter if you score or you brick it or I block your shot, I'm keeping it the exact same. Um, and and I, I do think he could be a presence in that sense. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah.
1: Donnie, oh, yeah. what do you feel Sorry. about um, uh, early finals prediction? Who's representing uh, in the East and in the Western conference, if you had a pick right now?
2: Um. I mean, listen. You're not gonna, you're not gonna have me out here <laughs> choosing choosing anybody but the Raptors. Like, I'm not trying to get ratioed. One hundred for mentions. sure. That's after, after I just went on for like a few fifteen minutes about how good they are, you're not gonna have me being like, "Oh, you know, Coach Buttonholes are in those Bucks." So, uh, so I'll say the Raptors off top, and then coming out of the West, if I if, if I was just like playing on 2K. I would pick the Clippers, right? They got depth. They got, they got you know guys with different roles. I got a coach who's been there and won. And I really don't trust the Lakers coaching staff because it's not a good sign when your assistant coaches want your job. Like that's in any, right. in any business or industry, that's not a great look. However, I just feel like given a small, small window Where, again, it's just a sprint to a chip. And LeBron has been aware exactly of when the league was going to come back, how uh, and and where, longer than most players because he's got the plug in in Chris Paul. Mm -hmm. And he has the exact same gym that he has the facility at the facility he has the exact same gym in his house like square footage the exact same just so his movements are the same right this is a guy who spends a million dollars on his body a year right and so so the this whole period his his at-home workouts didn't change the exact same workouts he had in el segundo at the lakers facility he had at his house he just did them with brawny instead of ad <laughs> and so and so knowing that i'm just like man I, I honestly think like he has it in his head knowing and and also like notice like he's done things right he did the graduation thing he did the he's done the more than a vote uh yeah, thing yeah. not to like, dismiss them as small things are mm-hmm. obviously massive but he's done some things but other than like tweeting support for bubba wallace we haven't vocally heard him I think he's like in his zero dark twenty three mode already. So true. He's just he's just so so focused. And I honestly, I I think he's thinking, I can't catch Michael. Like I probably can't catch him in chips. I definitely can't catch him in love after the last dance. (laughs) And 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 best best believe he he was doing like sit ups watching the last dance every episode for sure. Like he's just doing wall sits as he watched. Um, I but I do think that he thinks. If I win a chip, and if I if I take the the Larry O'Brien Trophy for Adam Silver, and before I say anything, I just put like a a, a black fist in the air, right? That would cement my legacy in a way that like mm-hmm. even Jordan couldn't touch, right? Like he, he I wouldn't be I wouldn't be um, Sugar Ray from the boxing standpoint, but I would be Ali, mm-hmm. and so I I I I obviously have no. Insight but I just know the way he moves and the way he thinks, and I think that he thinks he can win a chip and obviously that helps his basketball legacy but that would be a platform for him to do something that will help his cultural legacy right uh, as, as well. well yeah right I, I I could just see him taking the MVP trophy from from Bill Russell and doing something I don't know what it would be I don't know if it like Beyonce would come out of the crowd and and perform formation or something like that. I don't know what it would be. Or he's like, you know, put on like an HBCU hoodie or something. I don't know. But I just know that like the way he moves and the way he thinks, like he's thinking of like big, big, big things. And, and and like the decision 10 years ago to the day is an example, right? Right. He's thinking grand. Now, a lot of people weren't really feeling it. I, I still to this day didn't have a problem with it, but I think he's thinking, man, I can really flex if I want to chip. And that level of of motivation is is something that I don't think um, anyone else in the league really has.
0: Well, and like you kind of mentioned too, Donovan, like his window is kind of closing as well, right? So you think for him it's like now or never to a certain extent. So he would probably kick it into gear that much more. Um, So it's kind of hard to go against LeBron, you know, in the playoffs, as you mentioned.
2: Yeah. So um, I don't know if you – well i know actually because i can i can you guys are younger than me right so <laughs> i'm i'm so old that we had oac in ontario oh, grade 13. We, I, i'm a i'm an oac person myself <laughs> okay then, then you just then you just have a better skin regimen because you look younger than i <laughs> yeah. so um so i i don't know like if it was like this for you guys but i just remember like you know grade nine whatever right grade 10 kind of whatever 11, uh, you know, starting to think about what's next in, t- in 12, midtime 12 and 13, like the level of focus. Cause you're coming to that fork in the road mm-hmm. is, is serious, right? Like your attention to detail, um, your, your, your studies, right. You just, you're looking at yourself differently. Like LeBron is approaching OAC. He's approaching that phase in his career where like the phrase, like if it doesn't make dollars, It doesn't make sense. If it doesn't win me a chip, it doesn't make sense. Ultimately, what's the point, right? Like we we could just have these counting stats, upon counting stats of, of what he does in terms of numbers. The fact that he came straight out of high school and really has never really been injured, and missed time. He he's he knows he's going to to body people in terms of the 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 accruing of stats, but he also knows that the conversation in the barbershop ends with chips. It starts and ends with chips, and there's going to be, you know, people from Kobe Stan who say, well, Kobe has more. And so I I do think that um, ultimately, I think his strongest argument is everything else outside of the basketball and, and even in basketball, the player empowerment um, that he's gifted the rest of the league and even now guys in other sports. But, but at the end of his career, um, I I think it's part of the reason why he's in LA is because he knew You know, obviously I could get my my business ventures off the ground, but I can recruit guys to come here and play with me in a way that I wouldn't necessarily be able to do consistently at the end of my career in Cleveland or Philadelphia.
0: Right. And arguably playing with probably his best teammate talent-wise, right? And Anthony Davis. So, I mean, that combination there kind of adds more fuel to the fire and gives him more motivation to kind of go for that illustrious championship once again.
2: Yeah, you know what? So, like, everyone was, like, throwing out the best teammate AD. And I was like, man, we need to put a little bit more respect on Dwayne Wade's name. In his prime, he was a beast. This guy has a guard, had 100 blocks. But then I saw a Lakers preseason game. It was against uh, the Warriors, and they waxed them. And um, it's the first time I realized watching them play, wait wait a minute, like, this is something we have never seen before. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: They can do a 1-5 pick and roll. Either way, the five could have the ball and the one could set the pick for the five and they could still make a play. The right. five could take a three. The five could lob to the, to the one uh, at the box and throw him a, a lob alley dunk. The, the, the one could pick and pop and, and, or flare out for, for a shot. Like, I'm just trying to think, in the history of the sport, has that ever been a realistic expectation? Like, maybe Hakeem in his in his prime could do right. that but that's not something that we ever asked players like Akeem to do the right. fact that he could dribble through his legs on the block was like a big deal <laughs> uh, yeah. but but now just the, the way the the game is somewhat positionless um that's something that like is a realistic option so for sure um I, when i saw that i'm like how do you deal with that in a, in a seven game series like there's no, what's the solution to that? And, and so that's why uh, I, I think, I don't know if AD hasn't had the best career yet in terms of LeBron's teammates, but in terms of the fit between them, because the way LeBron fit was like a your turn, my turn thing for a while. Right, right, right. I, I, think, I think both of these guys can succeed and their skills complement each other and make the other one more dangerous, which to your point is why I think it is his best teammate. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. I mean, the biggest thing to watch out for will be health. I mean, in this, this COVID situation may have been a silver lining for them to get that rest. Um, but just kind of going into our next session, if you are okay, Donovan, we're just going to shoot some uh, rapid fire questions at you, if that's all right with you.
2: It is all right. Although <laughs> I should warn you, I have 10% battery on my <laughs> laptop. All right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep well, it quick. It's, it's up to you. You, want, do you. Do you want me to run and get a charger? Or do you want to just do it off the top of the dome right now?
0: It's, it's, it's honestly up to you. Whatever works for you.
2: It uh, doesn't matter to me. It's not my content. So. All right. So let's go with well, it. Let's go. Let, let's okay, go let's with go. This, let's this go. will be the challenge to see how rapid fire really is. Let's see how good see. you are with That's this. a true, right? true rapid fire. <laughs> Nine, 9%. All right, so. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so currently during this pandemic, uh, what, what songs do you currently have repeat on your playlist? Uh, Kendrick Lamar, All Right. Mm. All Right, All Right. Are you able to share a name of a book that has positively shaped you?
2: Ooh, uh, Shoe Dog, um, and not just because I like Nikes, but uh, the way he got his company up and running and dreamed big, for sure, uh, that would be the one. Uh, Phil Knight's book, Shoe Dog.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome, awesome. awesome. Uh, knowing that, you know, you played football uh, down at Western U um, and playing running back of that, uh, do you have a specific, or who would you say is your favorite football player growing up?
2: Wow. who? Um, <laughs> Canadian football, Michael Pinball, Clemens, nice. um, American football, uh, Emmett Smith.
0: Nice, nice. Nice. Good choices. Um, and no particular order who is on Donovan Bennett's NBA Mount Rushmore of all time, of all time. It's, it's your Mount Rushmore. You choose.
2: <laughs> wow. So, okay, we got to go four. So I need Bill Russell. Uh, Ooh, this is going to be tough. Uh, so I want bill Russell. I want Steph Curry change the game. Okay. Nice. Um, I want Jordan great player and turn that into being an owner. Um, and give me LeBron cause I think his impact, uh, is going to be much greater than basketball.
0: That's a solid four, man. That's a solid four. And finally, uh, what's the best piece of advice you've
2: received? Wow. The best piece of advice, the best piece of advice. Oh, my God. I might, i I might waste the rest of the nine percent. <laughs> it's all, it's all <laughs> good, man. It's all good. We got, we got four out of the way. So yeah, it's all good, yeah. The best piece of advice I've been, I've been given so much, and I, and I'm like very cliche in that I have notes <laughs> on my phone with like quotes or thoughts that that I I always want to reference, um, and uh, my wife, my wife just hates cliches. I'm like, but they <laughs> yeah. they're, they're they're used for a reason um i'll give you two i'll give you two awesome. we're at Go eight percent so i'll give you two <laughs> um so actually my dad had this as a rule it was like uh, written printed and plaqued in our house and um it's called the bennett rule and it's like, if you're not move, if you're not moving forwards you're moving backwards mm. and so basically mm-hmm. that meant like no complacency keep pushing every day, use that as an opportunity to get better. Um and 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 not to settle. And so I, I constantly um think of that and and say that to myself and replay that. So that's one. The other is um Tim McCalla, mm. And uh so I, when I was young coming up at the score, trying to get opportunities and, and pitching ideas and, and doing a bunch of stuff. Um you know one of his pieces of advice was like, you know, come with like come with like 10 ideas come with 20 like even if they only think two are good that's not a great percentage but those are two new things that you're working on and i, I i've taken that to heart and i've used that and, and and so the advice was um you know trust that you'll have more than one good idea and so if something doesn't work out if, if, if it doesn't pan out for whatever reason okay that's just that's just a learning experience people clemens actually says it this way like everything is 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 just information so you know if, if you he was actually saying this at a football combine so if, if you test out well and um, you feel good about it okay great that means all the work that you've put in has paid off keep doing it whatever if you haven't if, if you didn't get the results you wanted okay good now you got to reassess what did do you want to change maybe you need to put more investment in terms of how much you work good bad and different it's all just information and it's just how you apply that information uh, moving forward, um, I'll give you one more. I I I know you said you wanted one. I'm giving you like no. no okay. Go, on, go on. ahead. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. So there's this. Uh, I, the name escapes me. So a professor who who um, had a terminal illness, and he was he was uh, dying, and he gave his last lecture. And it's like, okay, well, what do you want to say in your last lecture? Um, and one thing that he said in it really really stuck with me, and it was attack the hurdles right and like attack the hurdles and so what that means is is not like you know you're lolo jones and you want to like run real fast before you, <laughs> you get up to them what it means is whatever that hurdle is in your situation whether it's you know uh, maybe you got some racist treatment at your job uh, maybe you got some sexist treatment at your job or ageist or you know maybe you're um you, you don't have the resources you think you need whatever whatever the case may be that is in your way between wherever uh you need to get to attack that problem don't be uh dismayed by it don't don't get upset by it don't let it frustrate you because like that is the tax that you're paying on getting whatever you want that is super Mm -hmm. super elusive and exclusive and so know whenever you come up against that hurdle that other people who claim to want the same thing who want the same level of success who want the same opportunities They're not willing to pay that tax. They're not willing to jump over that hurdle. So whenever you get to that hurdle, don't actually take it as a negative, but in fact, embrace the grind knowing that, okay, this is an investment in self that I know other people aren't willing to go through, aren't willing to be as much of a dog in this scenario as I am. And and I really actually uh, believe that Evander Holyfield, he would, um, when he's training for big fights in his career, he would train at night. He would do his runs at night, he would box at night. And when asked why, he's like, Because I want to be getting better when my opponent is sleeping. Right. right. So it was just that mindset of like, you know what? There's other people who are willing to do what I'm willing to do. And there's a boxing term like, it's hard to get uh, get up and train when you're sleeping on, on satin sheets, mm-hmm. which is true. Mm-hmm. So, so you really, really got to find those hurdles and embrace them and love them to make sure that you're not that right. comfortable on on those sand sheets. Those are my 85 favorite pieces of advice.
0: <laughs> That's awesome man. Great amazing, pieces man. of advice yeah. we can all yeah. learn from that and and take it with us. Especially yeah. these days
2: man, I feel it's so important, right? Like that last kind of uh, advice you you gave was just like so much against um against us. like we really got to jump those hurdles, right? How badly um, do you want yeah, it? Yeah. Man. Amazing, but it makes it, but it makes the victory that much, more that much sweeter. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Victory that much more sweet because you know what you went through to get it, right? For sure, and nothing was given to you; it was all earned. So, Definitely. and in a way, uh, to to bring it back to full circle, um, you know that's why, like, you know, there's no cheering in the press box. That's why when the confetti was coming down, and, and there's thousands of people across the country celebrating the Raptors it was sweet because like i knew what Masai would have had to go through right sleeping on the couch in orlando trying mm-hmm. to get in to uh to summer league at the time just to make contacts and doc rivers is like you know what i'm gonna put you on i'm gonna let you in the gym to, to help work guys out i knew i knew that that he put in that work and now look he's back in orlando Mm-hmm. and he's a defending champion and the yeah. only bracket president right so yeah, so exactly. for him it's that much sweeter because he put in that work and that sweat equity and and for raptors fans across the country and for guys like yourself who've been putting on for the sport and for doing things like your podcast it's that much sweeter because you know the times where you had to wait until the 45 45- 45th minute of a highlight show to get basketball highlights. Yeah. You knew the times when there was going to be like a small little blurb at the end of the sports section about the Raptors, but there's going to be five pages of Mm -hmm. coverage about the Leafs. Like you understood what that meant. And now there's these watch parties all over the country, thousands of people, 2 million people for a parade Mm -hmm. that it makes it sweet for the people who went through it and attacked those hurdles for the 20 years that they did. So, so, uh, oh, true, salute man. to you guys because you guys have been riding for a while.
1: Awesome. Thank, nice you, thank you so much, Donovan. I mean, so awesome and, and such inspirational pieces of advice as well. Um, you know, as we're getting to the tail end uh, here, where can our viewers and listeners, Donovan, stay connected to what you're doing at Sportsnet and even on your Instagram? What are some things you can even plug and promote that's upcoming on your end?
2: was real pressure for me to get this in with 4% battery left. (laughs) Um, So, at Donovan Bennett is the handle on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, I have a Facebook page, but who uses Facebook now? Um, uh, Sports on Pause is a podcast I do with Richard Dice about the intersection between COVID-19 and sports. Something we talked about. I hope that podcast doesn't exist soon. So, I hope that we get through this (laughs) COVID-19 pandemic. Free Association is the ball podcast where, where I talk about basketball. Uh, the, the convos are fun, not nearly as fun as this, but give a, a listen a subscribe and share. Awesome. Um, and, and sportsnet.ca is where I, my written articles are. Um, so, so make sure you check in uh, there because I'm, I'm trying to tackle these topics uh, with the written word as well. Awesome. Awesome.
1: awesome. Thanks so much, Donovan, for taking the time to you know to spend time with us. And we hope uh, we can do this again in the future as well
2: my pleasure hopefully we do it uh in the future in person um and uh and hopefully that day come sooner rather than later
1: Definitely. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, uh, Donovan, you know, a continued success to you as well. So there you guys have it. As episode 11 of Beyond the Court comes to a close with our special guest, Donovan Bennett of Sportsnet. Don't forget to like and hit the subscribe button. We'll also have the details of what Donovan just mentioned in the description below. So check out all those links as well. Thanks so much, everyone. Take care. Be safe. Stay blessed.